go. Welcome to Principles. I'm excited about our guest today. Our guest uh, is Tanny Crawford. He was on episode three and you got to hear, uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, it's a great episode to go back and Tanny shares more about his journey uh, and his path to success and uh, looking forward to getting back into some success principles and growth principles with Tanny today. Uh, Tanny, welcome back. And for those Thanks. that maybe haven't uh, heard episode three. Can you reintroduce yourself right here to everybody? Oh yeah. So I'm I'm Tanny Crawford. I'm I'm from uh, Jackson, Mississippi. I've, I've born and raised here. Um, actually, four generations deep in Mississippi. But I'm in the healthcare world. Uh, do physical therapy. Physical therapist by license. Uh, but I've been managing um, and on the on the corporate side for a number of years now. And um, uh, you know, we've, we've been through a lot of, uh, a lot of changes over the years as healthcare has been through changes, um, insurance changes, um, job changes, life changes, family changes, all that good stuff. So these are, uh, these are, these are good conversations to have to, to keep us all moving along. I agree. <laughs> well, thanks for being on, uh, with us today. And, uh, I know you got some great things that you're going to share. And actually we're going to, we're going to kind of go round table style because um, you've been through a lot of changes. Uh, I've experienced some things and Logan's experienced a lot of things. So I hope today that anyone's listening to this, it'll add value to you as you're trying to grow and develop yourself. Maybe you're growing and developing a team. So um, we'll jump right on in here with uh, kind of Logan. What's our first question that we want to talk about today? Yeah. Um, so Tanny, if you could just tell us a little bit about, um, I guess, some of the things that are going on in your industry and how they're forcing you to be adaptable and um, not just um, not just adjust to change, but welcome and embrace change, and and you know how you're pivoting. Yeah, man, there's a lot that's happened in the past three or four weeks. Well, five now, I guess five weeks with the virus. Today is April. Uh, what is this? Twenty third. So we're a good solid five or six weeks into the COVID. Um, and what it's done, it's, it's actually, I think it's sped up the adaptability um, from lots of different avenues. In the healthcare world, um, we're sometimes held back by insurance regulations. And I say held back because uh, we have to get authorization. Sometimes we have to wait weeks for answers or years for answers on topics such as direct patient access or telemedicine, for instance, I'm going to throw that one in there. Telemedicine has been implemented now within the last like two and a half, three weeks, which probably would have taken years for approvals from the federal side, state side. Um, and so that adaptability, I mean, you know, it's, it's, if we weren't adaptable, if the human race itself weren't, was not adaptable, we'd probably still be living in caves right now. But, um, you know, I think it's those who adapt the quickest who are maybe viewed as more successful um, because you have to adapt and some people adapt quicker than others. Um, and that's, you know, that's something that I had to learn at an early age. I've just had a lot of, a lot of ups and downs. And I heard John Maxwell talk about uh, you can't just have ups and ups and ups. You got ups and downs. And sometimes it's like down, 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 down. And then two ups, but um, we all kind of go through that. And you have to be adaptable through the through the downs to pick yourself back up. So, 
You know, um, that reminded me of something that I heard about Henry Ford talking about. You're talking about adaptability and change and staying ahead of growth. Uh, he said, you know, if I would have asked the people what they wanted, uh, I would have invented a faster horse, right? <laughs> so he was able to see further beyond, you know, what, what was needed in the time or what people thought they needed. And I, I love that. And um, I've told Logan this story before, and I may have even shared it on podcast, but um, <clears throat> we have three kids, our oldest son, he's eight and he's in the third grade and I'm working with him on his math homework. And I'm telling you, those dudes are learning in third grade, some of the math that I was learning in high school. And why, why that's important is if we're not growing, then it's not that we're standing still, we're getting left behind because change isn't happening like that in just education. It's happening in every industry and, and especially we're seeing it now in the medical field too. So anyway, I, I love that. I thought that was good stuff. Yeah. One, we all have to, we, we have to be chameleons. Um, you know, you got to be able to adapt to your surroundings uh, or you're going to be left behind for sure. One, one thing that uh, you kind of touched on, but, um, and I think that, that, you know it to be true pretty intuitively, but not everybody uh, picks up on it as, as naturally. But you mentioned that the ones that adapt quicker um, get ahead. And so it's, it's kind of an a, adapt and survive, but adapt quickly and thrive. Yes. Yeah, I like the, I like the thrive. You know, are you adapting to just cope and survive with something? Are you adapting to actually thrive and, and move forward and try to get ahead from this? Are you using this as a catapult? Are you using this bump that maybe God's given you, bump you out of that comfort zone into a creative zone and uh, bump you into something that's like an amplifier? Um, you got to, yeah, you got to, you got to put some good tools to use for that. I, I hope, um, <clears throat> I hope whoever's listening wrote that quote down there, Logan. Uh, that was good. I, I, I wrote it down. He said, you said adapt and survive or you can adapt quickly and thrive. Man, y'all better write that down. Yeah, no, <laughs> I know it. Uh, you know, I think, Corey, you might have told me weeks or so some time ago that John Maxwell said, you know, uh, what was it? Go get a few or, or find your few. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Motivate the few. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not everybody. There's not many people um, or many people I would say just can't handle the degree of flexibility and humility that it takes to be adaptable in tough times. A lot of people just bow down and just kind of sit. And so you've got to be one of those that uses that energy to, to drive yourself forward. You've got to keep going when the going get tough. I mean, that's just, it's pretty, it's pretty simple, but it's still hard to do. Yeah. How do you, you're a VP of operations and operations, um, it can be a, it can be kind of a spin cycle. Um, and you get caught in that daily cycle of all of the things that happen, that happen on a daily basis to keep a business running. Um, how do you, and those things have changed so much over the past three to four weeks with the speed that innovation is happening with the speed that, we're having to basically cut businesses back from being very robust to very, very lean to make it through. Um, but at the same time, that's juxtaposed against probably the opportunity of our lifetimes in terms of innovation and being able to use this as a springboard. How do you 
maintain integrity of day-to-day operations, get done what has to happen for the business to continue operating at a high level, but also at the same time, eyeball those opportunities and seize those opportunities. You've got to have people first. You've got to have that people first mentality because there's, there's legalities that get in the way. There's NDAs that get in the way. There are um, just so many metrics and operations quote that can get in the way of people. But if you just operate that business um, or your family or your coworkers, treat them um, with just the people first. Um, that's what, you know, I don't know. That makes the operations job to me easier. Not a lot of people do it. There's a lot of operations folks that will literally let metrics drive the business or they'll let, um, they'll let processes drive the business and those are ones they'll have high turnover. So I've thankfully, and I got to work with Corey for quite some time years ago. And, um, thankfully throughout my career, I just, I was, uh, God gifted me with that ability, that people first ability. And it does, it literally results in low turnover. It's just, it's a natural, um, and Corey, you've probably seen some of that too. Uh, on your side um, in, in healthcare and then in the, uh, um, in the professional counseling and coaching world. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you're listening, you, you can't see my board back there, but I, I've got on my board, the five levels of leadership. And that first level is position where you have a title and a position and people follow you because they have to. But what Tanya's saying is natural level two and level three, where people follow because they want to, right? They transition from have to to want to, and you get there by developing those relationships. But what I hear you saying is for those people that, that not everybody's a people person, right? Some people are more task oriented, but what I hear in you saying is that you are clear on what your values are right? You know what those values are. And your, your number one value is, is put the people first. And I think whenever we know what our values are, it helps us in those decision-making times. Does it align? Or does it not align? Right. And if we don't, I think that's where a lot of even more uncertainty can happen uh, in uncertain times. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's getting clear on those values too. Logan, um, you know, part of that is it makes decisions easier. Um, whether you want to call them good decisions or bad decisions, um, being clear on those values um, and me, me knowing that I haven't always known that that's what that was. Um, I've been able to put pen and paper to it now, probably over the last, I don't know, three or four years, but now I can use it in business. I can use it in conversations and I can use it in um, people development because the people, any of my clinics or any of it doesn't matter if it's Walmart or whatever it is. It's that's just bricks and sticks and sheetrock. It's the people inside the business that makes the business what it is. It's the people of Chick Fil A and the people of Southwest Airlines and the people of Dell Computers and Amazon that makes Amazon different from your McDonald's or your um, I don't know your less people focused businesses. So that's your that is your the people inside the business are the business. I can yeah. tell you passionate about that, Tanny. I, I felt you coming at me right there. Come on. I know, right? Let's go. Uh, Let's that, go. And that's uh, that's in the hotel business. That's kind of the slogan for Ritz Carlton is uh, is lead people, manage processes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep. Hey, I, I want to read you guys something real quick, if that's all right. And then I want to follow up with a question um, real quick. So um, this is, is actually the Apostle Paul uh, who, who wrote this. So if you, you know, don't read the Bible or don't care anything about that, that's all right. It, it still applies because it's good stuff. So uh, this is what he says. Paul says, summing it up all, friends. I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, that are noble, that are reputable, that are authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, right? Not the worst, not the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise and not things to curse. And I think, you know, again, at at the time of this recording, people kind of can get bogged down into the weeds and focused on the things that are going bad. Just both of you guys, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on how do people focus on the things that are true, that are good, that are compelling? How do we get their minds out of the weeds and, and get to that? So I uh, just wanted to hear your thoughts. I think out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I think it's all about inputs. Uh, you know, what are you feeding your conscious and subconscious mind on a daily hourly minute by minute basis um is it those things that are that are pure and and positive uh or is it things that are negative is it how many more coronavirus deaths we got this hour uh well then you know if those are the things that you're putting into your mind constantly then uh yeah your the the overflow and what's coming out of your mouth and and the actions that you take are probably going to align with that uh, so I think for me, it's all about the inputs. Oh yeah, definitely with the inputs. Um, Maxwell said before, how we view things is how we do things. Um, you know, if you view, if you view yourself in a situation of lack and scarcity and um, um, uh, limitation, then you keep thinking that uh, it's it's going to show up. And so if you if you Start off first thing in the morning before your mind gets clouded with positive, and I'm, I'm not going to sound too cliche here, but with positive thinking, meaning you force yourself that positive thoughts. And you cannot watch, you cannot watch media and Facebook and get fed positivity because that just doesn't sell. It's the negativity and the scarcity and the limitation that sells. Therefore, there's more of it, more of it, more of it on, on the TV and the phones and Facebook. So. Um, and I agree with Logan. You just, you have to guard your mind, stand at the, the door of your mind and guard that thing and weed, weed out the negative, just like in a garden. You want to weed those negative thoughts out daily. You can't let it go a week. Those weeds will take over. They'll grow right up to the house. As Jim Rohn says, um, you got to weed those things out daily and minute by minute, hour by hour. Cause if you go a little bit, um, if you go a little autopilot, your body typically will, will kind of run to that negative side. So anyway, just being conscious of your inputs. From a practical standpoint, um, there's a marked difference for me. If I get up just a little bit earlier and if I don't look at my phone for the first 30 minutes or hour of the day, Agreed. Um, you know, if I go take my gratitude walk in the morning, mile and a half, two miles with no phone, and I don't check my emails, um, and I just enjoy the the beauty of the Lord's creation, and uh, and think on the things that that I have to be thankful and grateful for. My day is a lot different 
than if I get up and I feel like I'm playing defense and I'm behind uh, and I'm checking email uh, straight out of the gate. Uh, or if I'm looking at Facebook or whatever it may be straight out of the gate. Uh, even if you go straight to the to-do list, um, you know, for me, it, it's starting with that right routine of getting up. I want to get um, – from a practical standpoint for me, I want to get up and I want to get hydrated. So I'm going to get 32 ounces of water in before anything else goes into my body. I'm going to get a little bit of physical activity in, whether it's just uh, a few push ups and jumping jacks, or it's a couple mile walk. Uh, and I'm going to get some gratitude in. Um, and, uh, really on the best days, I'm going to get a cold shower or a cold plunge and I'm going to be fully alert. Uh, <laughs> So that, that one's uh, and then you've got something that you've already done that's gotten you out of your comfort zone for the day. Um, and, and you really feel like you're playing offense. Um, and there's a, there's a big difference between when you start the day out behind and when you start the day out um, ahead. Yeah. I, hear, I hear you guys saying a lot of intentionality, right? Being intentional about what you allow in. And then Tanny mentioned, um, <clears throat> would you say weeding out the bad and a couple of things that, you know, the mindset is so key. So uh, being mindful of what you allow in, it's increasing your awareness of what, what you're putting in, but how do you dig the weeds out? And I'll tell you one of the things that I've done that has really helped me with that is when I notice a negative thought or a negative belief is to challenge it. Right. And I, and I have to catch myself whenever there's a negative thought or negative belief come in and say, isn't that interesting? That little phrase right there, isn't that interesting, really helps me to focus and to challenge on it. So if I have this pen right here and I say, isn't that pen interesting? <laughs> your, your focus goes to the pen. So it helps me to go focus to that thought and I can really challenge it. Because it so was that you. Is that you, if we're on a phone conversation and, and I'll say something and you'll say, interesting, is that you disagreeing with me? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's me calling attention to it. I like oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, like it. That's good stuff, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, buddy. I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say one one more thing that's important for me, and, and I don't know if that is important to you guys as well. I'd be interested to, to hear, but – for me, to, today started yesterday. So it, it also starts with getting a good night's sleep um, and, you know, the things that, the things that you put into your body or, and, and to your mind before you go to sleep and, and those sorts of things as well. Those are, those are of paramount importance to me um, and the way I wake up the next day ready to play offense. Um, some of that is contingent on how I finished the day before. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I agree. I agree. You, you know, when, when you, you, you do start today the night before uh, mentally, because if you go to bed watching, watching uh, and you know, we're, this is a, a, a live podcast right now and being April 23rd, we're kind of in the middle of, of the height of this virus. And so there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear um, going on right now. And so if you, you, you don't need to feed yourself that before you go to bed, uh, or first thing in the morning, anytime for that matter. But especially, uh, I think you're maybe more vulnerable to it when you're getting ready for bed. Um, you know, maybe bored or just don't have anything else to do. So that's a good point, Logan. 
Yeah, uh, you, you said something right there that uh, our our guest Allison talked about in episode number five, where she said you can either feed your faith or you can feed your fear. Right? I thought mm. that was really mm. good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious. I'm curious about you guys. T- both of you kind of touched on it right there about some of your habits, and um, I'd like to hear what what are some of the habits you guys that have that set you up for success. Have some daily habits. Logan, you want to run? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I like to start my day off with um, I get up and I want to get some activity in. So it's either a, a quick walk, um, some jumping jacks or push ups, whatever it may be. Um, I want to get moving. Um, the first thing I put into my body every day is a minimum of 32 ounces of water. And then after that, I'm going to get some, um, you know, some green juice, something, something that has some vitamins and and minerals. Um, and, uh, I'm going to get something good into my brain, whether it's, um, some Bible reading, a good podcast, um, some gratitude, um, and some stretching every morning. So that's kind of what the first 30 minutes of my day looks like. I try to, um, try to stay away from email or anything that would put me, uh, put my weight on my back foot playing defense. Um, and then I've already planned my day out the night before with kind of what my big three to five things are that need to happen. Uh, no matter what, these are the things that need to happen tomorrow. Um, and I try to get, get after those things first. Um, and then, then I fill in, you know, the, those secondary and tertiary tasks after that. Um, I struggle at the end of the day personally to disconnect from work cause I enjoy it so much. Uh, it's like a sport to me. I'm competitive. So I, I probably could do a better job with boundaries when it comes to shutting it off later on, but I have a pretty good, um, bedtime routine, um, where I'm getting, uh, getting some good nutrition before bed, get hydrated before bed. Um, and like to like to drink some anti-inflammatory tea, um, do some cupping. Sometimes I'll do some e-stem, you know, whatever it is to where I feel like I'm playing offense from a recovery standpoint to plan out my day, read a little bit of a book before I go to bed. Um, and I'm usually pretty tired when I, when I hit the pillow, don't have, don't have too much trouble sleeping. So I, I like to really try to focus on controlling the first 30 minutes and the last 30 minutes of every day. That's pretty important to me. That's good stuff. You know, one of the things I've been impressed with you, Logan, about is one, the discipline, but your willingness to try new things. And the other day, the other day you sent me a picture of some bone broth. You, you talked a bit about that. <laughs> yeah. So about three years ago, I started, uh, started hunting, um, and just completely fell in love with it. Um, always kind of had an Elmer Fudd perception of hunting being from Northeast Mississippi somehow never hunted my entire life. Um, but my, one of my best friends got me out there and, uh, it just tied in so well to health and fitness. Um, I loved being able to, uh, know where my food came from and, uh, I would pray for the Lord to bless the hunt and that I would not be wasteful. And so I try to consume everything that's consumable from the animal. And that includes making our own bone broth at the house. And, you know, we cook our eggs in it. We, uh, cook our stews and soups in it. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll drink it for the, for the collagen and my joints and, and tendons and ligaments feel super healthy when I do that. Um, 
and I just feel like I'm being a, being obedient and, um, being a good steward of, of what the Lord's provided me with. Um, so yeah, I, I love doing that. Um, I like doing stuff that I feel like other people aren't willing to do because it makes me, it kind of checks a mental box for me that I have earned the result that I'm going to get in the future. Um, it's a, I think it's the Robert Louis Stevenson quote about judging today based on uh, the seeds that you planted and not the, the harvest that you reap. Um, and so I like to, I, I take pride in, you know, planting some things today that other people aren't willing to do. That's good stuff. What about you, Tan? You got some habits that you 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 really try to make make sure you do. That's well. Really they're so they're say. so different now than they were six weeks ago. Um, yeah. You know, kind of like kind of like y'all. I got I got three kids. I got an eighth grader, fifth grader, and a third grader. And so they're they're our daily routines. Uh, I work from home now, pretty much ninety five percent of the time. But um, the daily routines have uh, gotten a little you know, skewy because we don't get up at six to get ready for school. So sometimes they'll have Zoom calls at eight. Um, so my routine's changed. So I've adapted to this new routine um, of, of still getting up in the morning, feeding my mind with positivity, not checking my email yet, taking a, like in 30 or 45, maybe an hour or so, um, unless I get a text message that's an emergency or something. Um, uh, and then you go through the day and then typically uh, mine doesn't usually end at five. Uh, like Logan, I try to turn it off, but it's kind of like a light switch. It comes on and comes off, comes on, come off. But I'm pretty good at at, at separating uh, work, even for a 45-minute window and focusing just on the kids, just on homework, just on a uh, something to do with our a personal, you know, our house move or something that we're, we're gearing up for. Um, but also do some I don't want to call them mindless activities, but um, instead of checking my phone, we've been doing a lot of puzzles lately. And so you can, you can get into some quiet meditation time, um, kind of giving your mind rest uh, at the end of the day with something simple as puzzles. Um, we put together one the other night, man, I think it was missing three pieces at the end. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I, I, I know, um, Logan, you and I have been doing some coaching and one of the, going through a real time, a challenging time right now with what's going on. And it's very easy to get going in your day-to-day task. One of the things that we talked about was detaching throughout the day and taking time to do that. And like Tanny was talking about the puzzles, you do something different that fits you, right? So in the morning – you'll go out and shoot the bow or go for a walk or, or something like that. You speak on that for just a little bit. Yeah. With the, with kind of our new normal, I'm, I'm with Tanny. I've been, uh, I've been working from home, um, the, the past month or so. And, um, if you don't get intentional about taking that break as you kind of coached me into, um, you can kind of get, get buried in the weeds a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I've been pretty intentional the past few weeks about taking 20 or 30 minutes and, um, taking a pause somewhere between 11 and one, um, going outside, getting a little bit of natural vitamin D and, uh, getting some sunlight and maybe taking a walk or shooting my, shooting my bow. 
Um, but just, just getting moving a little bit and, and let my mind take a break, uh, and, and then come back fresh. And that's been, um, that's been very, very good for me to be able to come back and, and really focus and hone in and be, um, hyper-focused and hyper-productive for that second half of the day, uh, and, and getting me primed that way. Yeah. So I hope anybody that's listening, what you get out of that is, there are times to go hard, but there's also times that it's important to detach so you can come back and, and go back to town, right? You can't be at 100% all day, but there are moments in your day you need to be at 100%, uh, but taking time to detach. And Logan's is different from Tanny's, and Tanny's is different from mine. So it's asking yourself the question of what do you enjoy doing and, and what allows you to kind of refresh in your mindset, whether that's going for a walk or shooting the bow or playing, a, you know, doing a puzzle. So uh, whatever that looks like for you is I hope what you gathered from right there. So, um, yeah. Um, I'm talking about adaptability. I'm back. Sorry yeah. about the, uh, the phone died, but this is, this is, Hey, flexible and adaptable. I, the folks listening can't see this, but my background has changed. Uh, <laughs> I had to jump in here closer to Wi-Fi. My phone died. Sorry. Yeah. Right. You can get bitter. You can get hey, better. Right. Tanny. Get bigger, better. That's right. Let's just keep going. Keep rolling. <laughs> yep. That's right. Perfect. Keep on trucking. Yep. Um, Tanny, we've talked a little bit about some of the stuff going on with you um, from a work standpoint. And I know right now there's, there's a lot of uncertainty um, with the future. How do you maintain faith during times of uncertainty? Man, looking back through my story, and I'm sure any of you guys would be the same way. If, you, if you've done any journaling whatsoever, uh, and you can look back at how your story has been um, written and orchestrated by God. Um, it's, it's easy to see the longer I've been through it, the easier it is to have faith. Um, and so to, so to kind of jump into what's, what's going on is we're moving, um, from, uh, Jackson, Mississippi. I'm, like I said earlier, I'm a fourth generation Mississippi, uh, born and raised. My dad's my grandparents, grandparents. Um, and so I'm kind of the, uh, the first on in my direct family to, to, to move. Um, and I re vividly remember um, almost two years ago now, I was in between uh, job. Well, I was starting a new job, but I felt that I had this gut feeling that something wasn't just wasn't quite right with where we were. It wasn't really the job. It wasn't just kids or just the family or anything. It was just something wasn't quite right. And so I remember getting on my knees and asking God, I said, God, I don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to be here. I don't know uh, if you've got plans for us somewhere else, but if you do, we're open for it. I just need a little bit of direction. And I was kind of telling a story there. God knows I need like a burning bush. I need like a, uh, to be hit over the head two or three times or something. Um, I, I don't catch hints very well. Um, so he, with this newest job back in June of uh, this year or this past year, sorry, 2019, I was, uh, I got a phone call from a company based out of Franklin, Tennessee. Um, I had, you know, we had sent resumes to Dallas, Texas, and Colorado, and uh, the, um, the Carolinas all over. And so the story goes, um, 
I got a phone call from this company, went up and interviewed them. They wanted to, they wanted to pick me up pretty quickly. And so I remember sitting with my wife saying, um, the company wants me to work for them, but there's also a catch. They want me to move to Franklin. And so we were like, wow, what does that look like? How do we tell the kids? How do we, how do we tell our families? And so we went through a couple of months, just, well, maybe not, maybe this isn't what God's leading us toward, but, um, and long story short, we, um, we just prayed about it a little bit longer and looking back, can't see it when you're in the middle of it, but looking back, I see that God has used this current position I'm in right now as a stepping stone to drive us towards that direction to Franklin, Tennessee. And so we just we answered it with just faith. I mean, the definition of faith is just, a, um, you know, it's things hoped for. And so um, there's people that'll say, you know, you need a job before you go, or you need to do this before you go. And that's creating a safety net. And God doesn't, I mean, faith is not create you a safety net and then jump. It's, it's go. And then I'll tell you what to do when you get there. Um, from the, from uh, Abraham uh, all the way through the Bible. Um, and you don't need to run to Tarshish, you know, um, you don't need to run from it. Um, but that faith aspect is just acting on it and knowing that it's going to be okay when you get there. I got a question for you, Tanny. So it's not only going through whatever everybody else in the whole world's going through with this COVID-19 crisis, but you have been told that you've, you're about to have no job left, right? The company's shutting down. Sure, sure. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you've got a move going on. How are you, how does your mindset stay positive whenever there's chaos all around? Well, I don't have a good quote right now, but what I'm going to say is when you're coming up to a, a T in the road that you can't keep going straight, you either got to take a right or a left. And so I just know that God's, that I'm, I'm praying and I'm going with what I think I hear from him, which is literally all I need. So uh, we're going up, we're going up here and I'm just going to take a, you know, a, um, a right, you know? So it's, it's almost exciting not knowing it's okay that I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I could have said that five or six years ago, but now that I've seen him catch me five times now that I've fallen, you know, the trust fall thing, right? If Logan got between us and he fell he, two or three times, he may be a little iffy, but then after the fourth or fifth time we catch him, he's going to be all right, letting go. So that's where I am now. I've, I've been caught enough times, I guess, um, by God, that it's it's just there. The faith is just there. The positive mindset's there because the job or the opportunity is just going to be there. Mm. That's great. Yeah, that's exciting to hear somebody talk about, or or you know, we hear to have the mindset of things happen for me, not to me. Um, but it's exciting and refreshing to see somebody that's going through things that actually is walking out that mentality. Um, I think it's a, a good encouragement to, to others because there's a lot of people out there that are going through the same thing right now. We've got, I think, 26 million unemployed Americans right now. Um, yep. So I can't, uh, you know, uh, surely this will be applicable to somebody. I feel like um, there's somebody out there that needs to hear that right now because um, in order to walk into another opportunity, that means that you're walking away from an opportunity. It always does. Well, look, it's, 
you know, again, it's not just me, and I know it's God working in all this, but but having you and Corey uh, with some of his mastermind groups and through the John through uh, some of Maxwell's training and personal development and preachers and mentors that I've got, it's not just it, it's, I'm Tammy is just a very small part of that. I've got a um, I've got a, a coach, another kind of a counselor coach that I talk to. Um, Corey's also one of my one of my coaches, and so it's it's almost impossible to do by yourself. You've got to have others, and so I think that maybe this podcast and this episode here can reach a couple of people. And don't be afraid to use other people to help you. You can't you can't do it by yourself. There's just no way. It's it's um it's you know you just this the analogy of a battery. If you if you have a battery by itself, and then you, you in, hook up a circuit and two batteries, three batteries, four, five batteries, those five batteries are going to have a whole lot more power than each battery individually, even if you put them side by side. So um, this, that mentality and this turning this into a positive is just a process. And now I'm just, I feel like I'm to the point where I'm just kind of, kind of riding with it now. And um, you know, it's, it's a difference being 43 than it was 23. And there's a difference than being 33. So um, it just it just gets, I don't know if easier is the word, but it gets it gets definitely uh, it burns a lot less when when job opportunities come to an end or you come to those proverbial forks in the road. So it gets a little easier to deal with. It seems like um... I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe there's a different confidence level with the skill set that you have and the value that you can provide uh, in a job marketplace that, yeah, it's going to be okay because I've been through this and I've developed this skill set and it's just a matter of finding the right place to plug it in. I don't yes. know if it's on base or off base. No, yeah, that is that is a certain level of stability that I have in my back pocket. But I'm also okay for something in another sector. Or you know, Corey's asked me before. He's like, "Man, there's another fork in the road. Your slate's clean. You can do anything you want to do. You could go into the ministry world. You might could go into the hospitality world. You could stay in healthcare. What do you want to do?" And so, just knowing that I've got, I do have that you know PT background, but. Um, I'm, you know, I'm comfortable getting back outside the comfort zone again, um, getting a little comfortable with being uncomfortable, um, getting back out of that comfort zone. So if I go into the, um, into the, the hospitality sector or the, um, you know, the, the church sector with a new opportunity, it's still people. It's still just people inside the business. It doesn't matter if they're, it doesn't matter if they're doctors, therapists. It doesn't matter if they uh, are the uh, parking lot attendants at a church. It's still the people inside that business. So um, I guess it's that management experience that I have um, been gifted with. It's that is, you're right. It is, uh, it is something that I do tend to have some comfort falling back on. That, that's, that's kind of what I was getting at was that there's got to be a different confidence level in your soft skill set and, and, just the transferability and adaptability and flexibility of I can lead people and those people are what move metrics in a business. And there's always going to be a place for that, no matter if it's in Franklin or if it's in Jackson or if it's in 
the Carolinas and it doesn't matter what industry it's in, you now have a 20 year track record instead of a five year track record of finding a way to provide value no matter what that sector is. Uh, and I think that, um, probably lends itself well to having, um, a little bit more peace. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well said. It's good stuff. If God is just saying, I want to share a quick story how uh, uh, I love what you're talking about on the comfort zone, right? Getting outside of that comfort zone. And uh, I used to work for Tanny for about three years and Tanny changed my life one time. He called me the A word. <laughs> he called me the A word. He called me average. He did his little, the little performance review and uh, rated me average. And uh, I, I remember being kind of frustrated all day, but not at Tanny, not at Patience, or not at anybody else, but frustrated with um, how I had gotten so comfortable. And it was really at that point that I made in my mind that I was never going to try to be comfortable again, right? So I, I was always going to be trying to uh, push and change and, and, and see how to stretch. Um, and man, has the journey been awesome, right? Like, it, being willing uh, to stretch and to grow and to get outside of that comfort zone. Um, I've met people that I never would have met before. I've gone to places I never would have gone before. Uh, accomplished things, uh, if, if that's great, I guess. Uh, but um, I've learned things I've never would have learned before if I hadn't have gotten out of that comfort zone. So uh, I love what you're talking about with the comfort zone there, Tanny. Way to push me out of, I call me the A word. Yeah, you know, I, at, at, uh, that's been quite a quite some time ago, and neither one of us were as developed as we are now in this in this journey. But um, sometimes those underlying gifts, yeah, you know, I, I doubt I even knew what what uh, what I was truly looking for. But I just, you know, now now it's easier to put pencil to paper um, on that stuff. But yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. There's a lot of, uh, it's easy, it's easy falling into that average trap um, and kind of hanging out there because that's the, that's that comfort zone that does not produce any results usually. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, going on a kind of a, a different direction. Uh, one question that I heard the other day that I thought was um, a really interesting question that I'd love to get uh, you guys answers on is, what did you know in quotes or believe to be true in the past 10 years that turned out not to be true? And that can be something in business or just something in life in general. Hmm. Well, I, I'll tell you, I've had, you asked me that question the other day and I thought that was a great question. And that's a question that it is, it is hard to come up with an answer to like that. And it mm -hmm. takes a little time to reflect and I've been thinking on that question since you asked me. And I, um, I think that we're all programmed with certain things uh, at an early age. And I can remember being programmed with sayings like money doesn't grow on trees. You, you know, uh, you got to be in the right place at the right time, those kind of things. And really for me, um, the program belief of stay humble is probably one of the biggest things that have changed in my mind the last few years, still believe in staying humble. 
but my definition of what true hum humility has changed. And see, I used to think humility and being humble was thinking lowly of yourself, but that's not what humility is. Humility isn't thinking of yourself uh, a less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. It's knowing that you have gifts, talents, and abilities and using those because the world needs those gifts, talents, and abilities. And for me, that's been the biggest shift that I've seen from what I used to believe to what I don't currently believe anymore. So a new definition anyway. Yeah. How has that helped you in the past, you know, since you shed that belief, what has that allowed you to, how has that allowed you to learn and grow and accomplish the, the things that you've set out to accomplish? Yeah. So I, I think it's one up my level of awareness of what I am good at and not being afraid to hold back on those gifts. Right. So for so long, I'm held back on those gifts, but also the confidence to with what I do in, in speaking, coaching and training to push people to use theirs. I heard a lady the other day talking about uh, she's a big time uh faith-based Christian speaker now, but she said for the longest time, she sat on the back pew and said nothing and did nothing because she didn't think, you know, she was being humble by not using those gifts and talents, but this world needs those gifts and talents. So for me to answer that question, it's allowed me the freedom to express those gifts, but to be more bold in getting other people to use their gifts and talents. So. Well, it sounds like it's put you in a, taking you from a place of disobedience to obedience because we're commanded to use the talents and be good stewards, good stewards of the talents that the Lord has given us. And if we're, there's a difference between um, being arrogant and using the talents that, that the Lord has given you. Um, and, you know, to the, to the one that was faithful over few was given many. So um, it, it sounds like maybe that's allowed you to be faithful with the few and, and be given more. Yeah, that's good. I, I like that point about being faithful. You're right. So I even have a, have a shirt I made. It says be found faithful. Right. And, yeah. and the whole story behind that is being faithful to the gift. Yeah, that's good. I'd love to hear your take on that, Logan. You asked me. I don't know if you you, you gave me an answer. <laughs> um, well, I I had trouble with an answer um, just like from the hip, but immediately several different things after about 30 seconds started coming to mind. I would say one thing, 10 years ago I was in college, yeah. um, and now looking back, that hindsight has uh, shown me how naive I was at that time. Um, and I'm sure 10 years from now, I'll say the same thing about today. Um, but I would say two things, um, that have really stuck out to me as I've thought about that question are one, um, that not everybody's motives are pure, um, specifically in, um, in the world of business. Uh, and it's very important to pay attention to people's incentives. Um, and the, the second thing, uh, on a more positive note is, uh, that nobody has it all figured out. Um, you know, even the CEO of, you know, Jeff Bezos at Amazon, there's no blueprint right now, right? There's no blueprint for how to handle coronavirus. He doesn't just have it figured out. Um, mm -hmm. but the people that are being successful are the people that process information quicker 
and adapt. Um, like we've talked about earlier, uh, adapting quickly to thrive. Um, and like we've talked about before, going through that OODA loop of observe, orient, decide, and act, the faster that you can go through that OODA loop, um, the quicker that you can make positive reactions. Um, and that's allowed me to um, feel more comfortable in the roles that I've been in, uh, despite my age, uh, because I've seen people that have been in XYZ business for th- with 30 years of experience. Um, but sometimes they're just married to the way that things have been done before. And that doesn't equip them to, to do well when things change. Um, so I, I think we have a tendency to think that uh, so-and-so is the CEO of something or so-and-so is the, the owner. And that means they have it figured out more than we do and we can't make an impact. That's not true. That's good. Tanny, you have any thoughts on that? Man, I, I was, when uh, that question came up, it quickly came to my mind, um, similar to what Logan was talking about is that you can't always trust the motives of people. I've been burned lots of times. I've been burned in big ways, a couple of different people. And I I just kind of, I grew up uh, just being a trusting person. I mean, that's a, um, trusting is a broad term, but in general, I just, I literally would trust anybody with anything. And I still default to that now, but it has taken me burning my hand a couple of times with people um, and it hadn't shifted me the opposite direction. In fact, I've, I've got some people that I know that are literally the opposite. They don't trust anybody with anything. And so I think it's, a, there's a balance in the middle, uh, but I've learned not to be on that far end of the scale with just trusting everybody with everything. Um, because it's, you know, I know now that, okay, can't trust everybody. People are going to let you down. Um, you know, and it's, what it's really done, Corey, has helped develop that emotional intelligence piece that I literally didn't even know existed four or five years ago. I was like, I've heard of IQ, but not EQ. And so, um, and that may be a new term to some of the people listening, but it's really good um, also. And that can be developed. I do feel gifted. I feel like, um, as my dad would say, and he, he, he passed away a couple of years ago, but he he said, you know, Tanny, he said, you, you've inherited the ability to read people. That's what he, that's the only thing he knew is that he could read people pretty well. He was an attorney and he did pretty good at that. But he never really put it into deep thought like we're doing, uh, the emotional intelligence piece. But um, shorten that up, it's, it's really, um, it's just help me. Or the, what Logan, the question Logan said was, um, you know, what did you, learn over the past 10 years that you thought was true, right? That was ultimately not true. As I I just, you know, I still believe that everybody's got good. I believe there's good in in everybody, but not everybody has true motives and can be fully trusted. I figured that out. Yeah. Tanya, I'm curious, you have any big time questions you have for us? Man, you know, <laughs> um, well, specifically, um, you know, Logan, when you do tend, if you ever do get in a, uh, when you 
find yourself, and you may not, or Corey, you can speak up to it. If you ever find yourself spiraling down into um, some negativity or into um, something that's, that you, you can just feel uh, the angst building in your system, how do you try to, how do you turn that around? You know, do you have a, do you have a routine or do you have something or do you find yourself uh, going down that spiral time to time or, or does anybody point that out to you? My wife's I, good. At, my wife's good at pointing that out to me. She said, I, I think you're, you know, I can see you uh, spiraling and starting to focus on some negative things and it helps me snap out. Um, definitely. I, I would say at least once a month, um, I find myself trying to, um, to start wandering and, and get out of those daily routines. Um, and for me, those are the things that build, that build confidence. Um, and, and so the, that's why it's important for me to, to do those things. But at the same time, uh, most of those things are uncomfortable. Working out is uncomfortable. Um, jumping in a cold swimming pool is uncomfortable, but the reward on the other side, um, is why you do those things. And it's just a, it's a mental battle. Um, for me, the thing that, uh, that gets me back on is if I will focus on something physical. Um, I don't, for whatever reason, that's kind of my trigger that gets me back on, on the path. But, um, you know, maybe it's a, a hard workout. Um, what, for whatever reason, getting my heart rate up, getting a good sweat in, it kind of clears my mind and allows me to, to think more clearly, get rid of the fog and, and get, um, I don't want to say re-motivated because, uh, I have a pretty good internal drive to do things well. Um, but it just allows me to get that momentum back. I think life is a lot about momentum. Um, and, getting back on the path physically helps me to get back on the path mentally. Um, that's kind of the jump start for me. Um, sometimes it may be just a phone call with one of my friends that's, that's encouraging and that gives me the energy I need to get, get back and, and get after it. But if I find myself going through the motions a lot, a, a lot of times it's just a physical spark that I need. Um, and that kind of checks that box for me. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you, for me, I, I, I lean positive pretty much all the time, right? And my wife, she makes fun of me all, she'll say, I don't see how you're always positive, but nobody is positive all the time, right? Nobody is. And and I, I think that is a great question because for me, I, I can tell whenever I am starting to spiral down and, and it, I can trace it back to my thoughts. It's like a seed of a negative thought. And it kind of just penetrates and it kind of there. And I'll be honest with you. I know it's negative. I know it's bad, but I kind of like it. Right. And that's, that's the issue, right? I, I mean, do you guys feel me? You know, sometimes you just want to be mad and sometimes you just want to be angry. Right. But you don't want to stay there for very long. And what I've, what I have found for me is one, we talk about self-awareness a lot for the longest time. I, I would be frustrated or mad or, or sad or glad or whatever and not not be aware of it until after the fact but now 
up leveling my level of awareness, I can trace it back. I can, I can see when those seeds of those negative thoughts or those bad patterns start to come in. And at that point, I've got a choice. Do I want to nip it off right there? Do I want to nip it in the bud? Or do I, do I just let it go, right? And you don't want to let it go uh, for very long. Like Logan, for me, doing something exercise-wise, running really is one of my best ways to get back in it. And um, I can tell if I haven't exercised in a uh, maybe a day <laughs> or, or, or two, or if it hasn't been good workouts, next few days, it'll kind of start to spiral. But um, I know not a lot of people are like that. But exercise is just a, a part of who I am. I love doing it. It's a, a mind thing for me. But um, really, stepping up that level of awareness and tracing it back to that thought and nipping it in the bud at that point. Um, it's kind of helped. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a battle against the flesh. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and um, kind of going back to, to motives that we talked about earlier um, as much as we'd like to believe it, people are not inherently good. We have a sin nature that we were born with. Um, and we're tempted to be lazy and we're tempted to be disobedient and we're tempted to not maximize our talents that the Lord has given us. Um, and, and for me, that's why conquering that physical helps me conquer the mental. Um, because I've already, I've already proven to myself that I can make myself uncomfortable, do something that I don't want to do. So, you've kind of conquered your mind at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, Logan, you, uh, you like to ask a question sometimes at the end, the billboard yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah. So Tanny, um, if you could have a billboard that everyone in the world would see, what would it say? Man, that's a tough one. Um, Gosh, um, you know, I think maybe at this stage in life, um, there's two words that kind of come to mind now, slow down. And that kind of goes with what has been um, forced upon us with the virus. We've been forced to slow down with travel, forced to slow down frivolous spending, forced to slow down um, dinners around the table, um, you know, forced to stop the running and running and running around. And so, um, I, I guess off the cuff right now, it would, it would be slow down. Um, that would be something that would stick out to me. Mm, that's good. That's <laughs> yeah, good. That resume resonates with me a lot right now with, uh, my father-in-law passing away this past Friday and, and just thinking about, um, you know, the things that are really important and investing in relationships. And I think with the speed and the pace um, of the world pre-coronavirus, um, you know, it's very easy to not spend time um, and not spend money and resources where it's important. Um, and man, that's, that's important uh, to slow down and invest in, in those relationships and, um, you know, be very present. Um, because, you know, like we've talked about with Kobe Bryant earlier this year, you just don't know when your helicopter ride is. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. 
Well, Tanny, man, I appreciate you coming on. Logan and I both appreciate you coming on. You've added a ton of value to us. And, hey, thank you guys for taking the listen. We hope it has added value to you. And if it has, uh, we ask that you subscribe, give us a rate and review, and share it with a friend or family member. So thank you guys. Logan, you want to sign us off? Absolutely. As you go about your week, ask yourself, would you recommend yourself uh, as a partner, as a spouse, as an employee, a team member? a son, a daughter, a parent, uh, would you recommend yourself and it'll change the way that you live your life?